The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged and a Wall Street alum, a top WB CEOs and 2022 LinkedIn top voice on racial equity. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader, a diversity, equity, and inclusion executive, and most importantly, a working mother. And if you all have been following the show, then you know Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces. From my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And so what we do here at our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details off the table, and then we provide you with some tips, tips that will help you not only to survive, but to thrive in organizations. So because Mita and I have earned and worked hard for this platform, we want to lift up as many women of color as possible, including founders, by the way, thank you so much for supporting the show. So if you follow Mita on LinkedIn and you follow her on other platforms, you know, she really is a beast on tracking everyone and who's doing what in the marketplace. What I love about this is she really amplifies dimensions of diversity as well as uh, people of color, women of color. And so Mita, who are you going to shout out today? So today we're going to shout out Copper Cow Coffee. And before anyone goes to the skeptical place and says this is a paid advertisement, it is not. Dee and I genuinely want to give back and support as many women of color founders as possible. And as Dee taught me very early in my career, sidebar D was my coach, the client she can't get rid of. I'm still here. Write checks, whether it's small or big. Mm -hmm. Write checks mm -hmm. and vote with your wallet. So. Copper Cow Coffee, Founder, Debbie. I like instant coffee. I drink uh, Maxwell House. I just said that out loud. Don't judge me. But I drink a lot of instant coffee and I wanted to expand my palate. And mm -hmm. so I was so excited to discover what Debbie had created. They're these single serve filters, D. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. you make this really rich Vietnamese-style cup of coffee in 90 seconds. And then she's got this sweetener, this natural creamer on the side that comes with the pack. I love it. It's so yummy. We will have some next time I see you in person. Anyways, copper cow coffee, my friends. Try it. Buy it. Love it. All right. You're really good at this. You're really good at supporting and, and really creating demand for these products. All right. So today's show, what are we talking about on this episode? Can you help me put on a sorry and how to respond to the everyday aggressions that oh we goodness. face 
D, can you help me put on a sorry, please? Somebody <laughs> asked you, somebody, please tell us a story. Tell us a story, my friend. Okay. So I'm going to set the scene because D's, D's been with me to many of my travels. This is a former employer. D's been in that cafeteria. So the sandwich line. You know what I miss in the pandemic? I miss a good sandwich, but I think it was either an egg salad or a tuna melt. Mm, I'm getting hungry. I love those sandwiches. So I'm minding my own business. I'm getting my tuna melt, egg salad, whatever. A white woman comes up to me. Now, the context is important. White woman who is senior to me. I am not friends with her. She is senior to me. She has seen me present in meetings, has been at the table when I presented. She comes up to me and says, Mira, do you know how to put on a sari? Can you help me put on a sari? Because I got invited to the volley party and I need help putting on a sari. And so it's on Saturday. And so would you be able to help me? What the? I almost dropped my egg salad on the ground. Oh what? God. What? What the? And, what I, the, and this the? happened at work. This happened at work. And I was like, huh? Why are you trying to get your lunch for egg salad? <laughs> what? Also, let me just be clear. I don't know how to put on a sari. I just never learned out of laziness because I have my mother and so many wonderful aunties. When I go to events, I show up with my safety pins and my sari and my petticoat and blouse and someone else who put it on. So I never YouTubed it. I was so uncomfortable and so embarrassed. So then I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to put on a sari. This woman's, I don't know how to put on a sari. Then she's like, do you think this other woman, do you think Shilpa might know? I was like, Shilpa. oh my God. Now she's pulled Shilpa into this messiness. Shilpa, and I was like, um, I think there's a platform called YouTube where you can look up the video. I was just, I was like that? so Wait, mortified. Stop right there. I did you said that. Yes. Said that? I didn't say that in the way that I should have, that I would say now, my friend. But I did say, oh my, I actually don't know how to put on a sorry. He, he, ha, ha. But see, the fact that you had to say, or you're out, was that I don't know how. Yes, that was my out. Because it was the technical out. I was horrified. I was mortified. And then, let me tell you this. One of the first pieces I ever wrote, this is when you were coaching me, I wrote a piece called, Please Don't Help Me to Ask You to Put on a Sorry. I think it's still live on Zora Medium. I got a lot of hate. People from my culture saying, you should be happy to help put a sorry on for someone. People messaging me being like, why are you so upset about this? I'm like, I am upset because she runs up to the random Indian woman who she doesn't know and asks her to help put on a sorry. And she's more senior to me in the workplace context. How many red flags do I have to point out? I heard the story and I, I remember when you wrote the piece, but I don't think I remembered it was at the lunch line. You know what? I thought it was an email ask. That's another story. That's the next oh, one. Okay, because I do uh -huh. remember somebody in your oh, yeah. DMs like, hey, hey, that was recent, actually, wasn't it? That was recent. Should, let's talk. Okay, let's talk about that one. Because people will always say, oh, this story's old. That was when you were early in your. No, no, that was not that long ago, number one. Number two, as you and I know, as you all know, which is why D and I started a Brown Table Talk podcast, is D and I are constantly screenshotting, forwarding emails texting, calling each other about all the stuff that's going on every day. And so, true story, recently someone reaches out to me and the context matters. So let me be clear. When I say it's a white woman, I'm not saying it to call out white women. I'm just sharing the details so that allies can understand the perspective and what you might have missed in this, right? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. She was a white woman. I don't know her very well. Two years ago, I probably spent 30 minutes with her on an audio call. She writes me as D saw this email, which I forwarded to D with no commentary, just forwarded a very long email. 
And there's some pleasantries in there. But at some point she says, I am going to a friend who's getting married her wedding and she's Indian. And I, along with other friends, are trying to choreograph a dance for her as a surprise. Do you know any Bollywood dancers? Do you know any Bollywood choreographers? What? Huh? Do I know any Bollywood choreographers? I talked to you two years ago once for 25 minutes because we knew someone in common. And I don't, what? I didn't even respond because you know what? I didn't have the mental energy. And I thought to myself, this could be a moment where I could coach her. Or maybe she just listens to this episode but <laughs> and gets oh, coached by yeah. D. Oh, but yes. I can't. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like no response. I like no response. You know, I like, and for women of color listening, maybe this as you just don't respond because it takes too much, it's too much energy and work to respond. So can you explain, D? Can you coach our allies listening on what's wrong with those two scenarios? Because I do think there are people that would say, but there's nothing wrong with that. I just asked. I mean, I just was asking if she knew a Bollywood dancer, choreographer. I just was asking if she could help me put on a sari for the volley event. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, I think it's one, assumptions, two, othering, and three, the burden. So one, assumption. So what if I'm not? What if you were not Indian? What if you were not, right? And so I think that's the piece where people have to be really careful. You're making assumptions, number one. And then two, when you make assumptions, you are in placing people in a bucket or, or a label, race, ethnicity, even other dimensions, you are othering. You're saying, you're centering on self and saying you're different. And so you could probably help me with this thing that is different and or unique. So there's the othering, I think. And then the third insight would, I think the burden, like just the burden that I now have to acknowledge, I have to engage, I have to honor, or I have to defend not honoring. Mm-hmm. And then let's go back to the research. It's then that emotional tax. So like now, again, in workplaces everywhere, there's a huge responsibility on corporations to protect the psychological safety of their workforce. And so this is why corporations need to be concerned and really prioritize helping the workforce do better and be better as it pertains to equity, diversity, inclusion, justice, culture, and belonging, because it's things like this, right? Because then now let's break this all the way down. You're feeling some kind of way and you may not feel like this is a safe space. It may not be an inclusive culture and then you lost top talent, right? And that's the short story of how these things play out. I'm Jesse Hempel, host of Hello Monday. In my twenties, I knew what I wanted for my career. But from where I am now, in the middle of my life, nothing feels as certain. Work's changing, we're changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of any of it. So every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. We talk about making career pivots, about purpose and how to discern it, about where happiness fits into the mix, and how to ask for more money. Come join us in the Hello Monday community. Let's figure out the future together. Listen to Hello Monday with Jesse Hempel wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, 
the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Do you also, Dee, like, has that ever happened to you where people make assumptions or ask you for things because of how you look? Yeah, definitely. Or how they perceive you? Yeah, they do. But you know what? I get less of it now. I, I definitely get it. So absolutely, hands down. I think I get less of it now as a CEO, different from when I, right? Because I'm coaching executives and we're training executives versus when I worked on Wall Street, though I was there, I was one of few. In fact, I think I was the one of only in one of my my last firms training million dollar producers on Wall Street in MNOD, which is management organizational development, definitely would get it some of that, how that plays out now, it plays out in business of people asking for help and asking for things that, you know, they quite frankly are just inappropriate asks. Like things like fashion, yeah. style. Do you style people? <laughs> well, well, no, I barely pull myself together. Okay. The other thing I get, I've gotten a few times, more than a few times, is white leaders, let's say, who discover what area I live in and they say, oh, you must know my dentist, Raj. You must know Raj, my dentist. And I'm like, Raj, the dentist? No, I don't know Raj, the dentist. But that's happened to me a few times. And I think it's this need for allies to feel like they are building the relationship. So they pull out, oh, or my neighbor is Indian. Mm-hmm. My neighbor is Indian, right? Yep. To almost be like, oh, let me show you that I'm an ally because you're, my neighbor is Indian. I'm like, okay, that's great. Your neighbor is Indian. What should I do with that? Let's help out our allies here who are listening, leaders and allies. So what's wrong with that is it's the the othering, right? It's, it's the centering on your perceived bigness and being a supreme being and that Mita or a, a person of color must know the other person of color because you all are others. Y'all are not from here or not part of this. And because you all are such a small subset, that's what, that's what we mean by othering or just in my words of othering. And because this is such a small, you're a small subset, you, Mita, must know Raj. Y'all must know each other. Absolutely. And all Indians know each other and all black people know each other, other. right? That whole others, the othering piece, right? And so I love what you just said, Dee, because it is, if you want to get to know me for me and you are looking to build bridges and build relationships with women of color, I applaud you. I'm happy to meet you. I'm happy to get to know you. You don't need to pull out the, I know my neighbor's Indian or my best friend from college was black. Or I don't, we don't need that background. You just get to know me. What does that do? That actually, like, I'm sort of like, ooh. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, is it like you're trying to show up as a performative ally to be like, hey, I'm cool? It's it's a very, yeah. I don't need to know that. I just need to get to know you and your heart. I don't need to know that your dentist is Raj, who's Indian, and your neighbor 
made you chicken curry that you loved. I got, I've gotten it all. <laughs> I can't. I've gotten it all. Chicken tikka masala. Do you have a good I recipe can't. for that? Indian restaurants. Do you, by the way, my mother is the best cook ever. So I don't eat Indian in restaurants. I, re- I don't eat out Indian food. Oh, I love I, that. Why are you asking me for, I don't know, a good Indian restaurant? How would I know? I Sunday, love I'm that. Like, I don't know what. No. Do you know what that Indian dish is called? With I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't oh know. My but goodness. that is when we say labels are for bottles, not for people. What you oh, end up mic doing. Mic drop. Mic drop. <gasps> labels are for bottles, not for people. In our brain, we are being lazy and categorizing Indian people, black yep. people. Insert yep. identifier, dimension of diversity, as you would say. And that is my quick way to be like, oh, Mita's the, Mita's the Indian person I know in my life. Maybe the only Indian person. Let yeah. me tell you, there's something called Yelp. There's Resi. Yep. There's a lot of ways to Google great Indian restaurants in the area. Because if you know me, you know I don't eat Indian out. I wouldn't know. I can't help you, friend. I don't know. That is so good. You know, there are 300, and I'm helping out the the allies and the leaders yes, in, uh, in our community. Thank you all for supporting the show and amplifying and sharing online. Sidebar, do you, do you love the love that we get on LinkedIn with our allies? Like we they do. are really it's showing really up. Amazing. Yeah. It is. So it many is. people. It is. Yeah. But so, yeah. So here's a, a bit of context for this othering. Cause I, I hope, my hope is that you all are getting it. And this is valuable insight for you about this othering. I think that would be the takeaway, but just think about it in this way. There are 330 million people on the U.S. And so just always remember, there's no reason to whenever there is someone not like you, um, right, identifying as another dimension of diversity or or just a dimension, whether it's a woman of color or whether it's race, culture, ethnicity, orientation, ability, even neural diversity, right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's not likely that we know each other or that you need to draw those connections. So just think about it in that way. There's 330 million people in this country and they're not there's, it's not like it's 329 million of those people all look like you, leader or ally, but we have a, a nice mix of people from diverse backgrounds here in this country. So you should not draw the connections or make those kinds of connections because it doesn't land well. It doesn't sit well. It's othering and it, it just further pushes us or amplifies a disconnect. And it also, um, says something about your lens and how you see things as you being a, a supreme being and everyone else being less than. So I hope you receive that with the love um, that I intended because I give it to you right now in love. Now, look, I can't say what's going to happen five minutes from now. I might go <laughs> wait. <laughs> but anyway, okay, okay. Bring us back, Misa. You know what? Here it is. Just don't take the shortcut. These are all shortcuts people are trying to take. Don't do the work. Don't take the shortcut. Because what? If you do get to know me and you want to ask me these personal questions about my culture and heritage, I'd be happy to. But here's the watch out in the workplace. Power dynamics are real. And so in my situation where the senior white woman shows up asking me these things, it puts me in a really difficult position and a painful position. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, hey, where was the person mm-hmm. getting the grilled cheese in line behind me who heard the conversation? They could have checked in on me when she walked away, right? They didn't. So I'm just saying. All right, Misa. So why don't we just go on over to the tips? Well, I'm going to do two tips for allies and then Dee will bring us home for two tips for women of color listening. I'm going to say it again. Check your bias. Labels belong on bottles, not people. So leaders listening, check your bias. I'm going to say what we always say now. Number two, interrupt and educate. And I'm not joking. That conversation I had in the lunch line was a really awkward one. And other people listened to it and observed it. And because of the power dynamics, maybe people didn't feel comfortable going up to that woman. People could have checked in on me. They could have checked in on me. That seemed like a tough conversation. What can I do to help and support you? So just think about that, allies. D, over to you for three and four. Awesome. And so I'll give two tips for women of color listening. So number three, check them on their bias. Just a question. Why do you think I would be able to help you fill in the blank, put on the sorry? Or why do you think I would be able to help you cook your soul food meal or whatever, whatever the slight may be or whatever the, I would say the cultural association is? Just ask the question. Uh, sometimes the best learning happens in a question. Number four, Protect your well-being. You heard it from Mita. I think it was a great example. What I mean by protect your well-being is just know that you don't always have to respond and that's okay. Mita, close us out. If you want more tips, please talk to Dee and her team, diverseandengage.com. But Dee, this is what you schooled me on. This is what you coached me on. Sometimes we take the higher road. We don't have to say anything. I didn't respond to that email didn't respond. And sometimes that's the way it goes. But y'all, thank you so much for being here. We love our community. Can't believe the time is over. Please, if you liked it, leave a review, pass it along to a woman of color who's looking for community and conversation. And please share it with an ally who's looking to do better and be better because we can't change what we don't discuss. Thanks all and see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.